man, I've, I've yelled, <laughs> yelled at a war vet a few months ago because of my school shooter material. I didn't know he was a war vet at the time, but it happened. Like, I, I, I don't, but most people love those bits. Mm-hmm. You will always come against the grain of certain people. And, yeah, there are certain things that I don't say, but that's more because I feel like I shouldn't say them. I'm down for saying whatever you want. If you want to say whatever the fuck you want, say whatever the fuck you want. There's certain things that I don't say, and those are very far and few between, but there are certain personal things that I just don't say that that I feel that, one, aren't funny, and this is coming from a guy who jokes about death more than anybody I know, but... There, there are certain things that are just offensive. There, I've met comics that I won't even want to call them comics, but like people who do offensive jokes just to be offensive. Everybody's heard those jokes. You hear them from your stepdad. You hear them from your uncle. You hear them from some guy at church that you don't really want to hang out with, but he's there and he pays your rent, kind of. And <laughs> this story got very specific all of a sudden. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm talking about my bald friend. Uh, other one. But... He, uh, but like, I, you met those people. We had to deal with a motherfucker like that recently in the Denver comedy scene. And it wasn't about, it wasn't, to him, it wasn't about being funny. It was just about being offensive. And that's where, the, like, I crossed the line. I try to be, I don't want to say offensive. I don't try to be offensive. I just try to talk about things that I want to talk about. And I try to bring everybody in by doing those bits. Like, I, I want to talk about, the reason I talk about death so much is because, it's something everybody experiences and nobody wants to talk about and so I want to bring people into like actually discussing it because it's fucking important yeah I've noticed that when I have I have a lot of suicide material because I've had a lot of people in my life kill themselves mm -hmm. and if I name if I name the goat if I'm like my buddy Ryan killed himself my friend's prospect and kill yourself right now over the phone I already had that (laughs) experience I don't need it twice in my life look I'm about to drive off a bridge so give me two minutes (laughs) to finish this story is so the Adderall withdrawal that bad? <laughs> but when I say when I when I'd say like my buddy killed himself two years ago and I'd launch into it, common sense should tell you that's not going to go over very well. No, I know. But I'm so thick that when I started, just like I tied in these jokes like about suicide into a video game joke about how like these these games make me want to kill myself, and then all of a sudden it works. And yeah. it's like, oh, you sensitive little bitches, you can't acknowledge that we're all going to die, <laughs> and you're scared no. of it. Yeah, like that, 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 it, and it's so hard to bring people into that because you have to do these, like, like, I don't do, like, a full bit about death. Like, you do bits about, like, I kind of, like, sprinkle my death references throughout my entire material. That's what I've noticed is that, like, when I don't talk about suicide directly, but I've made references to suicide with taglines and things like that. That's like, I've never, I've never talked about like uh, my grandpa dying and that affecting me. Like I've never talked about those things, but I will always reference certain, like what you were saying, that reference got really specific. That's because like, I like to do just sprinkles, the sprinkles of personal in that stuff. I, I was... And, and I can't, and I hate to keep on bringing this up because I am like literally Matt Cobos called me Doug Stan Hopeless. Like I, I am a <laughs> fucking piece of shit. I shouldn't be ranting as much as I do, but it's the only way I know how to do stuff. But uh, uh, what was my point? Is Shit, what was my point? I'm kind of sprinkling, sprinkling it in. Yeah. Your last so, point. so like, I, I like to talk about social issues and stuff, but 
like Doug was talking about, uh, Doug Stanhope was talking about how um, uh, Bill Hicks never like put his personal self out there, right? Like he just talked about stuff and railed against the the fucking allegory and all that bullshit, but he never was personable about his stuff. So like I'm trying to do this thing of of because like I said, you got to be memorable, and one of the ways to make people remember you is being personable with people, mm. not not catty so where it's just kind of you can sense the bullshit, but being like real with people. And one of the ways to do that is to just like sprinkle in your personal bullshit or just like your person your real self into material you know what i mean yeah and that and that's really that's really hard to do huh am i the most burpee uh guest so far yeah i think so <laughs> yeah, I definitely am uh, starting to dip into that Burt Kreischer tell a little, a little too much. I say my daughter's name on stage. <laughs> Are you doing that now? <laughs> I mean, it's that's everything. Everything I t- I have. I have two gears, a hundred percent true or a hundred percent bullshit. Like I sometimes I will just make up people that don't even fucking exist. Louis C.K. gave me the, you know, the freedom. He, he has that bit about sitting in his apartment. You're talking about Louis C.K. in this culture. Uh, I stand by Louis. I stand by Ari. I stand by Louis. I stand with Alan Bromwell. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, what's the word? Can I plead the fifth? Yeah, you can plead the fifth. You're Mormon. No one will fucking. You're a gay. You're a fucking bi-Mormon. You can do whatever you want. I know. I was raising a call, and then I broke out and started sucking dick. It's fucking perfect. Perfect plan. <laughs> Is that line in your stand-up? Because it should no. be. I got the call and started sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might put that in for Gladys tomorrow. Oh shit, we gotta go to Gladys. Uh, uh, shout out to Gladys, Bradley, James, Given. You run the best open mic in all of town. That's how, is is it open to cis white males? Yeah, dude. No, you gotta come down, dude. I almost won it zero times, but you might be able to do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, next week, if it is it is it weekly or no? It's, no, it's this, it's tomorrow. Oh, it's only. Like, it's, uh, it's once a month. Ah, uh, okay. To, oh, it's tomorrow the championship thing. No, that was last month. Tomorrow's uh-huh. like real. Oh, That's sweet. why I'm going. I wouldn't go for the I Like I said, I haven't won it once. I keep on talking about gay people and they don't like it. Damn. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing Derek Warbuck's show on Saturday, so I got to get some fucking sets in. Yeah, well, dude, if you're if you come on down, you know how it goes. Fuck yeah, you know we've done a to... we've done a good fair amount of time already. I always try to keep them short, so this might end up being my our first two parter. But, but I got to end. I always ask. Standard two questions. Fucking right. in Corey Stevens' life, what's the what's the awesome in comedy right now? What are you What are you excited about? What are you proud of? What's fucking? Well, I mean, I don't want to be cliche and pluggy, but I I am always excited for Punchline Jeopardy. I I a hundred percent above all else. <laughs> that is my favorite show to do because I just get a host and make fun of people. That's just it's not. I don't want to say it's easy. It's not easy, but it's my favorite show. And, uh, well, I got, I got my own show, which I don't even know is going to be good, but we're hoping. Well, the thing I love about Punchline Jeopardy for, on our end, for the first time in comedy, I have, there's no pressure. Me and you, we could stand there silently if we so choose, you know? So there's no pressure to be funny. And then once that pressure to be funny is now removed, we're both hammering with this. It's like, what the, where's these, where's this guy? I know for me personally, I'm like, where's this guy when I do my stand-up? 
Yeah, no, I know. I, I feel the same exact way. I had that but line like, on, on Thursday where they're like, they're like, girls don't snort on orgasm. And I'm like, they do when I fuck them. And it blew the room apart. And I'm still like, think, it's like, how the fuck? That's not even like that funny. But it was because of the in the moment confidence. Well, that, that's exactly what I thought about when I said like somebody, I think you brought up the Mormonism and I was just like, yeah, look at how I dress. And like, I was like, that's barely funny, but it blew up the room randomly. And even that, that uh, Lisa, what was that girl's name? Lila or some shit? I've been drinking. The the four corners the lady. Yeah, the four corners lady. Jill. Jill. God damn, I got that way wrong. <laughs> she was just like, she was like, that was the funniest joke of the whole thing. I was like, well, maybe not that, but like, she said it was really funny, and I was just, I was like, that's that was barely a line. But again, like, when it's always when it's in moment, it's. Like that. That's what I always tell people about punchline. I, this is gonna sound like an advertisement, but the the greatest part about punchline is it's your favorite part of every comedy set you've ever seen. Mm. The in the moments part. Oh. That's like every anytime you bring up, anytime somebody tells you a story about a stand up show, they're like, oh shit, the guy like went off randomly on this one subject, or you like talk to this audience member and that was amazing. Like that's what this is. Is it these moments of just pure improv like that's what we saw as an improv show but he, like stand-ups are way better at it than also that's a uh, interesting thing too is that through us doing it I've noticed it's only happened a couple times you know like the the stars all aligned where comics actually do their material in yeah. Punchline Jeopardy oh, dude, Miss I Jones Jeff not- Nelson have like a fucking highbrow moment where his face went oh I have something for this and it was the most creative, the greatest expression I saw all show so not only that's that's what the best stand up comedy is right there where you're doing material but it feels like it just feels like in oh my moment. god this dude's just saying even though Mitch Jones had that bit, bit about fucking who could ever love a beast and then I do comedy with him on the next Thursday, and he has a whole Beauty and the Beast bit, and I go, oh, yeah. shit, you fucking, you work your material in seamlessly. It's like, that's what real stand-up is. Like, that, how do, how, you know, I guess it's just years of uh, years of practice, it's right? Just, yeah, it's just, it's just knowing when to use your knives. Like, it, it, it's, because, like, a lot of the times, like, certain subjects, for the most part, that we have on Punchline is, uh, like, it, like name a porno. If you you most likely aren't gonna have a bit for that, but you can just randomly find those Easter eggs, and that's yeah. kind of what's great about the show. All right. Well, then, other than uh, particular shows, what's just great about what gets you out of bed about comedy? What's what's awesome about it? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, it. Like, because I grew up skating, and and it's the I have the same feeling about comedy that I do about skating. It's this thing that you try over and over and over again, and mm-hmm. then eventually you get it. Like yeah. I, I've 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 murdered my body. That's why I can't skate that much anymore. I've murdered my body getting tricks on skate. But when you get them, it's the greatest for anybody that hasn't skate i skateboarded pretty much my whole adolescent life and that's a damn good analogy kick flipping like yeah. an eight stairs you know how long it took and me to learn it. how to kick flip i was kick flipping in grass before i did it moving and I was fucking doing 
stupid shit. And bombing and skateboarding might lose teeth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a great way of putting it. Is that, yeah, bombing and skateboarding loses you teeth. Bombing and comedy just loses you friends. That's the only <laughs> difference. It's like yes. <laughs> well, then, yeah, no. You nailed that that spot, so we're going to go to the opposite fucking uh, what sucks. What sucks about comedy? Uh, the only thing that sucks about comedy right now is the fact that there's, like I said, there's just certain things. You can you can say whatever you want, but it initially has to be funny. There is this thing that I see of people who try to be funny and they fail and they're immediately disparaged for it, and I hate that because I, I was and, and I've seen and I've seen this on a broader scope of just like people saying you're not funny, like not to me. I just mean in general. People say to me, obviously, but like in general. Comedy is so subjective. Mm. More than any, more than music, more than than and almost anything that I can think of. Poetry being the only thing that is different from comedy because poetry always sucks and the people that find it good are <laughs> horrible. But Rude. comedy's most sub- I know, I'm a whole, uh, you said I'm an asshole. I, you were right. He's a good person, but he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but like comedy is the most subjective thing of all time that to say that you're not funny or this isn't funny or that isn't funny, you might find so. I didn't find I didn't find Pete Davidson's fucking special to be funny almost at all, except for that opening Louis C.K. story. But I give it up that he's popular enough to enough people that find him funny that he's able to make a living off of it. And so when you say something that's not funny, then that just sounds like jealousy. And I, hate I was just that. I was just about to say the almost almost to the T unless we're all like agreed like we all know there's there are people that just aren't fucking no, funny yeah obviously always. but whenever I'm talking shit and I'm like that guy sucks he ain't funny it's usually because it's not he's that better. he's not funny it's that I, he's getting un, or he or she is getting what I deem unwarranted success exactly it's like you're, you're not that, that too. sucks but it's really just jealousy no, yeah, it, 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 and sometimes they suck at that moment. That's the other thing that I that I really find uh, harsh is that there. One of the things I hate about comedy and the way that it's done now is, yes, I love the uh, diversity and stuff like this, but something I see all the time is people who are diversity, whether it be a uh, LGBT one or an ethnic one, they are thrown to the lion's den way too quick. And they suffer because of it. Like, I've yeah. seen that multiple. You've seen that. Oh, of course. Like you, yeah, of course. Like, it, it, they, they, they come. Damn, I am burping and almost. I got acid reflux. I've been drinking too much. But, like, there are, there, <laughs> there are, like, people that I've seen that I respect now in just the two years that I've been here that when I saw them first coming up, I was like, Man, you were given that show too quickly. I'm not saying that I should be given these shows. I'm just saying that I watched them have a good five minutes and then given a 20-minute spot way too early. And I'm like, ooh, man. And there's some of them that did that, that gross vacation, but most of them did not, and their reputation suffered because of it because the diversity thing is so hard in our comedy scene that some people are just thrown to the wolves. And, there was and a person them, that I was... Uh, I. Yeah. Like, oh man, because you know I what's great about punchline punchline Jeopardy. This is the thing I always think that that one of the reasons that it's so fucking strong is that we didn't come up with it, like 
this thing and like put it into a showcase and try to make it popular. We started in the fucking belly of the beast, Kinga, midnight, (laughs) every single week for fucking three quarters of a year. And looking back, I can't believe we did that, but Punchline Jeopardy could not, and we don't have any frills in Punchline Jeopardy. There's no, like, boards or projections or any bells and whistles. It's literally the comic. So if you picture once we start gluing bells and whistles to this thing, oh, it's going to be a rocket ship, only because of the struggle. No one cared. Trying to get people to do the show at Kinga's was like pulling teeth. Oh, my God. It was was being the dentist in Little Shops of Horrors. That's what it was. It was literally just, hey, do you want to do it? No, I mean, my, I couldn't get my co-host, Eric She shout out, you little shy bitch. Uh, go to Harvard, I, you bitch. Yeah, go to MIT and get a degree and have <laughs> money and a nice wife yeah. and white. If you don't have a white wife, Eric, I am going to slit her throat and make sure you have one. I did, just to be the record show, I said nothing about Twinkie Babies. That was all Corey Stevens. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good place to end it, right? Cause we are Pretty good, man. I like where we've gone. Fucking be be memorable. That's that's my takeaway. I know when yeah. I go to comedy, either tomorrow or Wednesday, that's going to be my uh, my mantra. Be memorable. Yeah, no, that, that's always the thing. Hey, come out tomorrow. If you don't, I'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, Fuck yes. Corey Stevens, you are my fourth guest and potentially uh, my first two-parter. I think we blew almost into half an hour. I've been sitting in the Q-Dopa parking lot. I usually hate talking on the phone. But, but it's I about comedy. That's what's so comedy. great exactly. about it. I will talk about comedy forever. Fuck yes. And 30 minutes is my limit on a phone. And I think we've uh, <laughs> plugged our show, Punchline Jeopardy, Denver's number one comedy game show, every other Thursday is Irish Snuggle. Yeah, we, over, we overhyped it. People are going to come and look at it like an overhyped video game. Like, the controls aren't that good. This is going to be so but thank you Grambo you're the man and I will see you out on the comedy battlegrounds oh yeah I will see you on the battle the battlegrounds of over calling him now <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling him baby <laughs> alright bye All right, Grambo later brother peace peace Holy shit, the end of part two. We did it. That was amazing. We talked some shit, plugged our show, and learned a little bit more about comedy. That was interesting. Corey Stevens is the host of Kinga's Open Mic every Tuesday. Does showcases all around town. And is my co-host for Punchline Jeopardy. And just a good friend. Check him out wherever he is so if you're listening to this you probably listened to the first one so I already said everything I have to say you know the spiel the show's called Comics with Grambo and I'm out